Welcome to the Troy Kurtz Podcast. We talk all things real estate, business, and entrepreneurship. Today, I've got a very special guest, the guy who runs the city of Kansas City, Brian Platt. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Who's not a special guest, by the way? Do you say that to everybody? No, only uh, you. You're the first guy I've ever said that to. <laughs> but you're the only one I've ever had that's run the actual city. Yeah, cool, cool. Which is really cool we just had right before you came in here we had richard chavez in, and you know richard chavez and we were just talking about how kansas city is accessible yeah and i think that's one of the cool things can you tell before we get into like some in-depth stuff can you talk to us a little bit about your history where you're from why you came out to kansas city your childhood sure. everything like sure, that. sure sure born and raised in new jersey i was city manager in jersey city new jersey for a few years i worked in the city in a variety of different roles for about eight years uh, this city manager job came up a few years ago. It was a really exciting and interesting opportunity for me. And uh, I am very blessed and privileged to have gotten this opportunity uh, to be city manager here. Uh, for those who don't know, city manager is essentially like the chief executive officer, the CEO of a city. Uh, the mayor and council here function sort of like the, the chair of the board and the board uh, of a company. And they give me the policy direction and guidance on where the city needs to go and should go and are sort of the oversight body. And I'm the guy who has to you know, execute on their uh, policy decisions and make sure the city's running and that we provide all the services that we do and we don't break the bank. And that, that happened. Uh, when did Kansas City transition into a city manager role? Because prior to that, it was run by like Tom Pendergast, right? Yeah, it was, uh, it, it's, I, I actually don't know. It was uh, even before Pendergast, there was a city manager in place. Um, so it, easily 80, 100 years. The Pendergast was in the 20s and 30s. Why did you come out to Kansas City? Yeah. And, and, and why did you make the choice? And, and first of all, how young are you? Because you're a young He's a handsome guy. Dare I say that? I might get some flack of that, but you're, you you look like he's in like dog shape. He works yeah. out a lot. So. Yeah, I'm 37. Uh, took this job when I was 35. Okay. Became city manager of Jersey City when I was 32. Wow. Uh, I'm very young. Yes, there are not many uh, city managers of my age for for midsize and larger cities. There are some smaller towns, of course, but. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity. Uh, it's usually a job for somebody at the end of their career who's been doing it for 20 or 30 years, but we've got this new generation of city managers across the country who are younger in their 30s and 40s, which is a really fun place to be. It's, it's a good time to just say, why are we doing it this way? Uh, can we do it better? Can we do it differently? And really just make some big positive generational change for our cities. Why did you pick Kansas City? Yeah, Kansas City. Or why did they pick you? Yeah, well, I don't know why they picked me, but I can tell you why I wanted to be here. <laughs> uh, so Kansas City, to me, it just has so much opportunity and potential and upside. One of the interesting things comparing it to Jersey City, where I'm coming from, uh, which by the way, is the third most dense city in the country, New York, San Francisco, Jersey City. Uh, it's right across the river from Hudson, uh, uh, right across the Hudson River from New York City. And it every, square inch of that city has something in it. It's built up, it's sort of uh, in a, it, we, we transform that place into what it is now. And you know, uh, the upside is unknown. There's not a lot of area of land of just open opportunity. Here, I look around and I see a lot of land, a, right. lot, of, a lot of potential for making change and doing things differently. Uh, outside of City Hall, 500 feet tall building, uh, there's surface parking lots, vacant land, just in the middle of downtown. And that right. to me says, we've got the chance and the potential and the opportunity to do something different and make our mark on a skyline and turn the city into something that it never was before. Uh, but what I also love about Kansas City is 
how great of a place it is. The people here are so nice. It's so affordable. It's so easy to get around. The, the, the social scene is, is amazing. The restaurants here are just unbelievable. The food scene is unbelievable. Kansas City is known for barbecue, uh, but ask anyone who lives here what their top 10 restaurants are. You're not even touching the barbecue restaurants yet. I mean, it's just amazing how, how great the food scene is here. And so for me, it's a balance of a great place to live and, and, and start, a, start a life. Uh, but also a place with a lot of stuff to do at work, a lot of big transformational, generational uh, uh, initiatives that we can work on. So this is like your legacy play. This is where you yeah. get to stamp your footprint into your career and what you want to do. That's that's really cool to hear you say that. And and that's kind of what I saw as an investor coming out here. I, I'm like, they don't even know what they got. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast right now, I hope you enjoyed. I hope you give us a five-star review. And we've got content all over the place, TikTok, Instagram, you name it. But we also have a coaching program. If you are looking for a coach, we have the Millionaire Mentorship. And this is a coaching program where I actually help you get your first investment property within the first 90 days or I'll pay you $1,000 cash. That's how confident I am to get you that type of result. And I know you might be here and you might be listening. You might be scared. You might not want to take action but that is not going to get you where you want to be. And obviously if you're listening to this podcast right now, you want to take action and you're trying to gather the information, but maybe you're confused. Maybe you're just like a lot of people that I've talked to, you're scared of losing money. You want to become financially free, but you don't know where to start. And that's exactly what I help you to do in this program. So do yourself a favor, book a call with me and my team and let's get the ball rolling. The link is in the description. Thanks. Hope you enjoy the show. I'm like, when I come to Kansas City and I'm like, for, I wanted to touch on a few points that you mentioned there. First of all, you know, one thing that, you know, Brian mentioned was that there is, the people are super nice. Everybody's talked about that in Kansas City, but they get paid well out here and the cost of living is super low. And it's kind of like a little hit of a hidden gem. You guys are building a brand new airport, even though I like how quickly I can get through the, <laughs> the old airport, but I understand that, you know, it doesn't have any restaurants or anything like that going on. Yeah. Really. When, when you see that and you see your ambition, uh, Richard and I were just talking and we were talking about, we need to build like a basketball team out here. We need to yeah. get like some big sports franchises out here. The chiefs are great, but Let's make this a world-class city. So how do you see that coming together? I, that, that's just to my point also. Like, think about this. We're talking about building a whole new airport. We're building the city's first fixed rail transit line right now, the streetcar. Uh, we're, we're thinking about building all these new skyscrapers. We're, we're working on building one of the largest solar arrays in the country uh, up at the airport. There are so many big, huge projects that you can do here that you couldn't do in other places partially because we've got that foundation for success. It's just a great place for the great city, uh, but also because there's just, there's just space, there's land, there's, right. there's opportunity for that sort of stuff. And, and those big things are so fun. They're so fun to talk about and people love this city and want it to be better and grow and develop into those things. Uh, but I think for me, there's an interesting side challenge, which is that we've got to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. We can't just say, let's just go build an airport and bring a, a basketball team here. We've got to plow the snow. We've got to pave the streets, fix the puddles, pick up garbage, help homeless people. Uh, there, there's a lot of that stuff, too, that's, that's fun for me. And I wouldn't say necessarily I'm personally looking to build a legacy off of this, but I just love solving these problems. I love looking around, driving around, seeing change in neighborhoods, helping people live better lives, improving quality of life. That just, it just excites me. I just can't stop thinking about it. Legacy is probably the uh, wrong choice of words. What I mean is like, you're looking to put your stamp on the city. Yeah, totally. And, and yeah. Uh, you know, it seems like, you know, when you come from a, a place that has zero, you know, the third 
highest density in any other city, you just see things differently than yeah. people who, uh, you know, grew up here and maybe they're used to been the way things have always been and they've always been this way and so they're always going to be that way and you see the potential that kansas city has absolutely prior to me coming here and looking for to invest here i was looking at indianapolis and i had been there 10 years prior and i said oh it's already run it's already gone and it's already run and i felt like when i got to kansas city i'm like it's just starting to go and with people like yourself here with mayor lucas with all of these young I would yeah. say, uh, yeah, young people at the helm who think differently. I mean, you were on your iPhone like 95 times by the time you've got it here. <laughs> so, like, you just, you're not thinking, like you said, pri- pri- prior to that, like, a lot of people, it's where they stop as a city manager. You're yeah. starting there. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's funny because people ask me, like, what am I going to do next it, already? And, uh, I didn't think I'd be here. I didn't think I'd be a city manager. We talked about this a while ago. I remember when I first started working uh, in city government in Jersey City, I remember thinking, meeting the city manager there, like, this job does not look fun. It looks, it looks awful, actually. And, uh, you know, I grew into realizing the value and the power of the position. And I never thought I'd come out here. And who knows what comes next? Uh, this is not, you know, it's something that you can't do forever just because there's so much stress and intensity in the role. Right. Uh, but I'd love to be here as long as the city will have me. How do you handle that stress? Not well. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's, it's hard to find a balance. For me, it's less about making the actual time and more mentally. I'm so passionate and interested in these things, I can't turn off. Like, I right. wake up on Saturday mornings and I'm like, I got to write some stuff down. I got to make some phone calls. I want to think about these ideas. And, and, and just, I'm always churning uh, in, in a good way. Uh, but I do try to make time for social activities and just disconnecting and unwinding. I'm trying to travel a little bit more, just get out of town just for a little bit, uh, go to the gym uh, as much as I can, which is not as much as I'd like to, but as much as I can. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's a tough balance. Probably the hardest thing I'm, I'm dealing with right now. Yeah, because it's, it's an all-consuming job. You've got everybody who wants your attention yeah. all the time. All the time, yeah. You've got people at the city who want your attention. You've got people like me who want your attention. Yeah. You've got other people that want your attention. You've got residents who have problems and you're kind of serving like a hundred masters. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I, I like being a part of the community, but, uh, you know, it's hard to hide in plain sight here. You know, I can't go right. to the gym or go to a restaurant without knowing that somebody's about to have a conversation or wants to talk to me about something, which is fine. I love that. That's the job. Uh, and, and I, I really enjoy communicating with people, connecting with people. But yeah, it's hard to disconnect for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, who wants to go to the gym and have nine different conversations yeah. by the time you get to the treadmill? Right. Yeah, exactly. Like in the middle of a set of squads. <laughs> but what I also love about Kansas City is how much people love this city. So my a great story from last weekend during the AFC championship, I happened to be in Texas heading back and I was in the Houston airport and I'm wearing a Chiefs uh, sweatshirt because the Chiefs are playing. And I'm about to get on my flight to go to Kansas City, and the game is on, and, and there's maybe you know two hours till the flight. And I go to the airport bar, the one that's open, and it's full of people wearing red shirts, watching the Chiefs, super into it. Everyone's getting on this flight to go back to Kansas City, but everyone is like decked out in Chiefs stuff. And I'm high-fiving strangers and having a great time. And, and I think that speaks to how much people love this place and right. how engaged we all are with each other about it. Uh, you know, you go to the airport and you see people wearing all this Kansas City stuff. And in New York and New Jersey, where I'm coming from, 
those would be the tourists, the people who went to like Times Square and bought the I Heart New York shirt. Here, it's everyone who's here. We, 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 we love the city. I love the city. It, it's just so fun to be a part of it. You just feel so connected to everyone here. Being a die, I'm from Seattle originally. Being a diehard Seahawks fan, I literally yeah. stripped them off, and I have a, like I, I think I have an emblem on my truck still. It yeah. says Seahawks, but you know when home doesn't feel like home anymore, yeah. and you found a new home, yeah. it's kind of easy. And Kansas City feels like home. I know a lot of people, my sales manager, Danny sitting right over there, they've all come from different places, yeah. yourself included. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you call this home. So when you when you when you talk about turning that off, like how do you do that without like just going a little bit deeper in there? Like yeah. like if I want to go to the gym, do you have to set up a private gym now at the house? Or? No, you know, I, I embrace it. It's, it's part of the job. This is just something that is a part of life, like knowing that those conversations are going to come, that I, and there's not a lot of privacy. And that's fine. You know, I can, if I want privacy, I'll go to my house or go, I don't know, somewhere else. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just part of it. But I also like it. I like to talk to people and meet them where they are. Uh, not everybody has access to City Hall or uh, has a direct connection to whatever it is. And it's, it's, I, I feel like it's, it's part of what we're supposed to do as leaders to just see people on the street and build relationships and just have that, allow people to feel comfortable asking the question they didn't think they could ask or should ask. And it could be the littlest thing, it could be the biggest thing. Some of the best ideas that we get and, and ways that we need to make changes in the way we serve our residents is from those conversations. It's right. from someone coming to me at the gym saying, hey, you know, I walk by the corner of this street all the time and there's this issue there. And, and I say, you know, I thank you because we can't be on every street and right. every second of the day. And now we know. And it, those things are so helpful to me. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So, Brian, with, with your future plans, where do you see this city going? And how do you see us getting there? Uh, we've got such incredible development potential here and that's partially because uh, we've got the resource we got the natural resources our biggest asset is our land we just have land everywhere and what's great about that is we can do all the things we can do single-family residential homes we can do high-rise apartments buildings we can do everything in between that we can build office buildings. we can do all that stuff in a lot of cities you're seeing just a lot of restrictions uh, on doing that because of geography because of cost because of all those things uh, and we can do it all. We can also uh, not make the mistakes or, or, or go in a different direction than some other cities have. A lot of cities now, after they become built out, are thinking that they've got affordable housing issues and housing affordability challenges. And we can build in that affordability now before it's too late. We saw that in New Jersey too, where uh, we turned around one day and went, oh no, the, the rents are very high and we can't we can't support all the people that used to live here. What do we do? We gotta create affordable housing. We can't do that without building new stuff and there's not a lot of space for it, but here there's space for all those things. So, you know, we can talk about building one of the largest solar arrays in the country on 3,000 acres of land at the airport and build a bunch of high-rise buildings and build a bunch of, you know, uh, uh, low-income housing and, and mixed-income housing and more jobs. We can do all the things. Right, as a ambassador of the city, why would you tell people to move here? I would say a few things. Uh, your quality of life here is second to none compared to wherever you're coming from. It's so easy to get around. The cost of living is, is right in the sweet spot. You're going to get high quality housing. You're going to get uh, a, a lot of job opportunities here. You're going to be accessible to the entire country. Uh, and the amenities are great, so to speak. You know, you're, you're close to stuff. 
Um, anything you want is just a quick drive away. I compare it a lot to New Jersey, New York, which is not what the rest of the country is like always, but um, the things that you can do here in a day so easily and so affordably, wouldn't even think about it in, in New York. You try to go to like a Yankees game uh, and then go to a world-class museum and then a, a five-star restaurant on the same day. Those are three separate days of trips. It's hours of commuting. It's the cost oh is unbelievable. Here I can go catch a few innings with the Royals during my lunch hour and it's you know, 10 minutes from City Hall. Uh, and I could drive over to the Nelson Atkin Museum, world-class museum, which is 15 minutes from City Hall. I mean, everything is just so accessible here. It, it's, it's just such a great place to be. And getting more so, right, with the, yeah. with the, with the rail yeah. and everything like that. Um, how, how long is that expansion? Where does that take us? It, it's a, another, I think it's going to be seven total miles. It's going to go essentially north-south uh, through the greater downtown area, from the riverfront area, right where the river comes through, Kansas City, down to UMKC uh, and Whole Foods, which is what I'm going to use it for. Uh, but what's, what's great is uh, it connects sort of all the main business districts in the city, north-south. One route, uh, uh, and, it, and it's free, which is really interesting oh, is. And, and powerful. Yeah, oh, um, That's awesome. And uh, it's going to create a lot of density along that corridor and, and incentivize some new developments there, where suddenly in a, in a more suburban place you have people driving a lot now it's going to allow people the ability to not have to get in their car to just sort of be up and down in the streetcar all day long it's going to be really interesting right and and you're seeing a lot of that that change you're seeing um you know one of the guys i talked to they they are particularly planning all their development along yeah. that streetcar like especially on, on main street over yeah. there yeah like all of those properties and one one amazing thing about kansas city which drew me to it is there's all these old buildings downtown that can yeah. all be reconverted into multifamily that was kind of i don't know exactly when it was but people told me before power and light came in it was basically a, a dust bowl i hope you enjoy this podcast make sure you give us a five-star review make sure you subscribe make sure you share this podcast with a friend and make sure that you schedule a call with me and my team we have the millionaire mentorship program this is for newbie and advanced investors to get started investing in real estate. And if you're listening to this podcast right now, that's exactly what you want, right? You want to learn how to invest in real estate. It's changed my life. It can change your life. And we have a program that'll help you get your first or next investment property within the next 90 days, or I'll pay you a thousand dollars cash and you don't pay. Book a call with me and my team and let's get the ball rolling. The link is in the description. Enjoy the show. Give us a five-star review. Yeah. Uh, so I've got family here and I've been coming here for maybe 10 years years and I don't remember going to downtown until my job interview literally I don't think I even knew that there was a downtown we just go right around it to so-and-so's house to grandma's house and you know the barbecue place we all like and I, I didn't realize there's nothing because there's nothing to do here in the 90s and the, the 2000s and, and and it just wasn't a good place to be and now suddenly there's every night of the week there's something there's people somewhere there's a concert there's a event there's restaurants there's bars there's apartments there's all these things and there's so much space for more of that there's right. you know acres and acres of land left to develop here which is great it's only going to continue to grow yeah i, I just uh, took my wife out to have you been to lonnie's reno club no oh my gosh what a what a great date night yeah. this is um so you're familiar with the ambassador building yeah Okay, so below that, they've got an old speakeasy oh. jazz club. Cool. With like, uh, you know, a three-course meal. Yeah. And it is literally probably the most amazing thing I've done in this city. Awesome. It I is, have to do it. Yeah, it, 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 and he, you know, he took us out. He took us out with one of the old jazz songs. K 
Kansas City also did some Chiefs songs. But That's awesome. this guy has been a performer all around the country in Las yeah. Vegas and everything. And, and uh, they cut a deal with him to basically do that show and give him his own place. And it is awesome. That's cool. That's so cool. Yeah, I yeah. love that. And, and there's so many things like that around here that you just you can just do easily. You don't have to call and get a month's in advance reservation or wait on the line for an hour. You just do it and it's there. Now, how hard is it to get things done from your position? Is there What are the biggest problems that you face? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think any city leader, the biggest challenge is understanding the sentiment of the people and the residents and the communities and the neighbors. And, and I say that because it's not our job to tell everyone what the right answer is or the wrong answer is. It's our job to to solve the problem with the solution that your residents want. Sometimes there are multiple right answers for things or multiple ways to improve the community, uh, but it's what the people who live here want differently in that, in that part of the city and in the city as a whole. And sometimes the challenge is the neighbors don't always agree. The residents right. don't always agree. Sometimes there are competing neighborhood groups in the same neighborhood, both claiming a stake to a certain area, saying do it this way, no, do it that way. And so that I think is the biggest challenge sometimes when there isn't that consensus. Um, but I think other than that, uh, it's, just, it's just the way the bureaucracy of government works. Things do not move as quickly as everyone would want them to as far as building things and improving things and fixing things. We get it done. You know, it, it, the, the gears of government do turn, but they turn slowly sometimes. Uh, and so I think having that patience is maybe another big challenge uh, with, with getting things done. But yeah, the, the politics of it are always interesting and, you know, sometimes the wind changes directions and people want something different and it's hard to it's hard to keep up with all that sometimes outside the city manager role who is brian platt the human being <laughs> that that's me that's all i am i just said i'm my job i've not nothing else <laughs> that's it this is it okay all right well that's cool too you know um but like you know as a young man and stuff like that yeah what were your aspirations yeah. was it always something government related or? no no it wasn't it was i had no idea what i wanted to do when i was in college and even like for years after that i graduated college i was taking some education classes in college didn't even major in it and i was like this is something i think i want to do it's really interesting so i did teacher america i was a kindergarten teacher in newark new jersey uh and it was a phenomenal experience it was great i loved those kids i think i connected with them on a maturity level really well. It was like exactly my sweet spot. Um, and and what, age, are, what age group is that? Five. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm with so, you. So I, I, I like, I'll never forget that experience. It was just so fun to just watch these kids grow and develop and teach them things that they'll use for the rest of their lives, like teaching kids to read and do math for the first time. It just was amazing. Um, and I did that for a couple of years. And then I, I, you know, I sort of was like ready for the next thing. I, I don't know. I felt like I could do more bigger stuff than just the one classroom at a time. I didn't know what that meant though. You know, I felt like there was a bigger calling and I ended up uh, actually going to a management consulting company, McKinsey, and I was doing uh, healthcare and pharma work. And it was uh, maybe not for me, I'll put it that way. And I learned a lot there about, uh, you know, solving problems. Right. But it also like wasn't quite where I felt at home. And the, the example I use is when I was done for the day of work at McKinsey, uh, sometimes it was the middle of the night, I'd close my computer, I wouldn't think about it until I had to open the computer again. I didn't right. want to think about it. Right. In, in my city jobs, I can't stop thinking about it. I'm always like driving down the street, thinking about something, figuring out ways to fix things and make things better. And, and I think that was the indicator for me uh, that this was something I wanted to do. And the way I got into city government the first time was I was, I was at McKinsey and 
just in the middle of this like awful project that I was working on, and I just was in such a like tough place. Like I have to, get, I have to get out of here. I, I can't do this. And I remember just thinking, I was always had this interest in government and, and neighborhoods and my city and like you know who who makes a decision on what streetlight goes where and why it looks the way it does. And I just wanted to like learn more and get involved. And I was following this guy Steve Fulop running for mayor of Jersey City in 2013. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna reach out, try to get get involved. I don't know what that means. And I went on his campaign website, found a contact us link, said, hey, my name's Brian. Here's a little bit about me. I don't know. I just want to get involved. And it's like 10 o'clock on a Tuesday. And at like, night? What's that? At night? At night. Yeah, yeah. Okay. At night. PM. And, and I'm back to work for, for hours after that. And, and so like 30 minutes later, I get an email from Stephen Fulop at Gmail saying, sounds great. Send a resume. I'm like, what? No one's supposed to answer these things. This is like a dead link usually, right? Or some yeah. interns reading it. Yeah. And he personally responded. And uh, we met a few times and it turned into a job. And I did not expect it to be that. I just was sort of like, yeah, this, this feels like I want to see it through. Um, I was the bottom of the totem pole when I got there. I was like the guy getting him coffee and going to like the Apple store to fix his phone. I was doing that kind of stuff. But I worked my way up. I, I was, you know, I, I just, I just, I just needed to prove myself. And I dropped into meetings and I learned and I asked questions and I started taking ownership of things and, and just worked my way up to city manager in a few years there. Uh, and it was a great opportunity and I learned so much and now I'm here and, and it's, you know, who knows where it goes from here, but I really like this role and this atmosphere and, and the potential for impact here. I'm sensing a tad bit of a competitor in you, <laughs> not just, not just from the gym. I mean, Brian's pretty ripped. Yeah. Uh, you, I don't know if you can tell Denver, can you zoom in on the camera? It doesn't really show all that. Yeah. Yeah. But you're, you're pretty, you, you take yeah. good care of yourself. Did you play sports? Uh, yeah, I ran track in college, and I did weightlifting in college. I'm a big weightlifting in college, and I actually uh, continued competing in weightlifting for a few years after. Uh, I did some national meets, but like what kind of weightlifting? Olympic weightlifting. Uh, the last, it's actually, it's called Olympic weightlifting because it's the only weightlifting in the Olympics. Although I think the next Olympics is the last time they're gonna have weightlifting. Okay. So I don't know if they're just gonna call it regular weightlifting. Now do you like specialize in some form of it? Yeah, so the two competitive lifts are the snatch and the clean and jerk. Uh, I'm sure everyone's gonna start Googling them now and they're oh, watching I know this. what the clean yeah. and jerk is. What's yeah. the snatch? It's uh, instead of clean and jerk is two movements, so it's up to your chest and then uh, over your head and the snatch is just one movement overhead. So that's powerlifting. For people powerlifting like is squats and deadlift and bench. Technically, okay. Yeah, Olympic weightlifting is snatch and clean and jerk. Okay. Yeah, it's very specialized. I know. Yeah. So how'd you get into that? Uh, I was running track in college, and you have to do these things for uh, the strength and conditioning component. And the strength coach was like, "Hey, you know, you're pretty good at these lifts. You want to join the weightlifting team?" I was like, "Well, I'm on the track team." He's like, "I don't know. You could do both." I'm like, "Okay. I don't know. I, I wasn't like really trying to pick a lane necessarily." And I just started liking it. I just was fun. And, and uh, I ended up quitting track my senior year and just doing weightlifting. I went to collegiate nationals a couple times. Uh, it was fun. It was fun. It just, it's, I really, to your point about competitiveness, I, yeah, I mean, I, it was, it was, I liked it because I was competing against myself. That's why I liked track too, because it was just me and the bar or me and the track. Did you play golf? Uh, a little bit. Not really. Okay. I don't have the patience for golf. Yeah, I can get true. through like three or four holes. I'm like, I got to go write some emails. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> but yeah. It's, it's definitely the same thing. So when it comes to, you know, that competitiveness and you going through all those things like and weightlifting and being better about that how do you like 
decide what the next thing is. Like, are you, I mean, with, yeah. with weightlifting, you know, obviously your body at some point in time is going to yeah. say, yeah, you've had enough. Well, here's the problem with weightlifting and at a lot of these sports is they have age categories. So when I turned 35, I was now a master's weightlifter okay. because now you're competing only against people of your age group. And so I did that. <laughs> During the pandemic, and it, so you're doing this you're as as the city manager. Uh, yeah, I haven't competed the last. I did Masters Nationals uh, right before starting this job in like August of 2020, somewhere like July of 2020. Yeah, but I haven't done a meet since I've been here. It's just been a lot, but yeah. I do it. Like I go to the gym and I I like having a reason to do something and trying to get some kind of goal to move forward like i'm not yeah, just you, going you, I, that makes a lot of sense you're not just trying going i'm gonna go get in shape you're like i'm gonna become i'm gonna try to lift x amount of pounds tomorrow or next month so can we get year. some of those stats <laughs> my uh my best clean is like in pounds uh like 352 maybe which is very heavy uh yeah 160 kilos i think did 161 uh, my best snatch is like 260 something best bench is three what did I do for bench? Now I've sh- I, sh- I gotta go back and look. Like I doubled 340, I think. And how much do you weigh? Uh, 185. That's very strong. I'm like, <laughs> I think that my best bench. I'm like 210 right now, and I and, I, and I'm and I'm not even anywhere close right now. I'm like rebuilding it. Yeah. And you lose it. You don't. Oh you, yeah. It's oh, gone. Yeah. I'm still, you know, I I I, I cleaned like uh, three something last week or two weeks ago. I benched three uh, 308 for triples a couple weeks ago earlier last month. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to PR necessarily, but uh, I do I do like it. I like the competition. I like to push myself and have a reason and have numbers that say like you did this this well or, or not well and just working on it. I, I love it. So what about running? Like, what was your race? Oh man, I was uh, I was I ran sprints. I did uh, 100 and 200, four by one. Uh, I did indoor track. I did like the 55 and 60. And I think I was down to like 11.08 or something in, in college with the laser time. And it was close to that in, in high school. But uh, so, you know, fast for like the playground and, and like, you know, the, 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 the intramural stuff. But, you know, once you got to like collegiate track, it's just sort of like a seat filler out there. You know? like, hey. <laughs> yeah. They needed a seventh to fill this whole track up, and that was just me. I don't know. So do you, do you like, find yourself doing it? What do you do for cardio these days, then? I mean, obviously, you're not doing, yeah. like, 100-meter splits for cardio. But. You know, actually, I, on Sunday, I went out and ran a track, and I did hundreds. But I'm not timing myself or anything. I'm just going out and just trying to, like, you know, just feel the movements. I, I think it's, like, meditating for me a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just me in the weight room or the, the track, and I just sort of get to disconnect for a little bit, put my phone somewhere else, and just run and be outside and and do that. Have you done yoga? No. How do you win at yoga? Why would I do that? Well, that's a good point that you bring up, but I think that it's like there there is the measuring stick is your your contortion, right? Yeah. Sure. Like if you're able to do all these weird poses and get yourself, but yeah, for me, it's the meditative part. Yeah. Because like I can't unwind when I'm I don't jerk or do any yeah. of that stuff, yeah. but or cleans, but when you go to the gym, it's pretty hard to unwind unless you're obviously running 100 meter sprints. Yeah. But the the yoga really fo- focuses you on like tuning out everything else. Sure. And being 100% one with your body, your breath, and everything like that. Sure, sure. And we have a great one right down here on Grand, on uh, uh, right across from the T-Mobile Arena. Oh yeah. 
That's right. Yeah. I, I just was there this morning at yeah. 6. Yeah. It's awesome. 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 So I'm, a, I'm a big fan. I had never done it, but once my body started breaking down, and you're yeah. younger still, but at 40, at 40, like everything, the chips started breaking. And, oh, no. Or my, t- my teeth started chipping. My uh, ankles started busting up. And oh, then I no. realized oh, no. that everything's just best messed up. I got so. a few more years before that happens, I hope. So. Yeah. Let's hope. <laughs> So, any, uh, and, and guys, if you are enjoying this interview right now, make sure you give us a five-star review. Make sure you share this video with a friend. And if you are have an ambition and you want to hear Brian come back on the show, definitely let us know. Definitely subscribe. Definitely share this video with a friend. Brian, most of the people who listen to this show are entrepreneurs, investors, yeah. real estate guys. What would you tell them about Kansas City? Or what would you give them from a guy who's a competitive person, like some words of wisdom? This is a place where you can do and make whatever you want to make. You can do it here. We've got the ability, the flexibility, the, the resources, all of that stuff. It's worth having conversations. And you and I have had conversations, and, and I think that's the most helpful place to start. Before you start going down a path or thinking you can or can't do things or should or shouldn't, uh, let's talk about what those things are. And, and you know maybe we can just make sure it's going to move in the right direction before that starts. But uh, I think it can be done here. If it can be done anywhere, it can be done here. And one more thing. Speaking of getting things done. How do we get a basketball team here? Basketball. We're just talking about yeah, that. Yeah, in the yeah, way. Let's 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 yeah. really put it out there. I want it to happen. So yeah, we I, another another thing that makes us interesting is we've got we've got the the foundation for that. We've got an arena here that doesn't have a team in it, uh, the T-Mobile Center, which by the way is I think the uh, highest booked arena in the country. Yeah, right I've heard that. Um, without a basketball team, it's just such a just speaks to like the need for that kind of stuff in this in this city. And what's great, another side note about Kansas City is it is really a regional hub. It's really interesting how people will come in from hours into Iowa, Kansas, uh, Missouri, everywhere to come here for a Chiefs game, for a concert, for a weekend, for a bachelor party, all those things. This is the spot. There's really no competition in the area, whereas in some other places, like in the Northeast, there's cities everywhere. There's stuff everywhere. It, it, you know, you get, you get lost in the mix. But um, so basketball is interesting. The NBA uh, has some interesting requirements. They, they require a lot of cash to be on hand for that sort of thing. And you need to have a lot of money, uh, which not something that is usually most single individuals or companies would have. Half right. a billion dollars of cash or $2 billion of cash just to even get your foot in the door. Uh, and then you've got to be close. So we need 500 million. 500 million is what you know, the word on the street is in cash set aside to make sure the team doesn't fail. Right. Uh, $2 billion to buy a team, at least. It, it could be more, yeah, two billion. So that is, that's not like, you know, you do a couple good deals and you got a few hundred million no. sitting around and you could just do it. Like, it, that's a consortium of people, unless right. you're somebody like Jeff, right, right. Like, unless you're like a Jeff Bezos kind of thing where you've just got the cash hanging around. Uh, but then, then yeah, the, the, the getting into the ownership group thing is also a challenge. It's not just saying, here's my $2 billion, here's our arena, we're ready for you. They've got to like you. The owner's got to like you. You're part of a close-knit group of people there. So, uh, but I'll say that we're we're on the short list. They, they you know, the, the it's no secret that we're maybe the third city out of uh, out of however many that people are looking at for the next team, either an expansion team or. Uh, if a team were to move at some point, this would be one of the places they can send. I want to get my redemption from losing the Sonics in Seattle, the OKC, bring them back over here to Kansas City. That'd yeah. be kind of cool. You mentioned one thing about Jeff Bezos, and I wanted to talk about that a little bit more before we kind of wrap things up. Amazon would be a great location for 
for, yeah. for Kansas City would be a great yeah. location for Amazon. And I know that who just moved here? Like Meta's moving here. Meta and Google both are uh, doing data centers here and just sort of like their foundation of having a footprint here. Yeah. And, and because of the location, we're in the, literally the middle of the country. So it's easy to transmit and receive data. It's just all, all of the lines have to go through here. It's somewhere. Uh, but also it's just easy to get around. It's easy to fly from here to anywhere. You're two hours almost from everywhere in the country. That, that's it. It's great. What's great about Kansas City is uh, and we've talked to a lot of corporations nationally about this, that you can, to your point earlier, the cost of living is so low that you can get away with lower salaries and have a better quality of life because right. you just, your dollar goes so far here compared to New York right. or LA or all those right. coastal cities where all these companies are now. And so that's our pitch right now. Come to Kansas City, your rent is half and your salary will go much farther. And that's been the case for my rent, literally 50% of what it was in, in Jersey City, 50%. 50%. 50% for the same, like literally the same apartment with like the same square footage and lay, almost the same layout. Uh, and, and, and well, this place had a pool. And so, so yeah, and, and also like, but also easier to get around from that apartment and, right. and just so much more comfortable and there's so much more space in general. So that's the pitch at this point, you know, is, is your employees are gonna like it better here because their life is gonna be better, regardless sure. of how much you end up paying them. All right, Brian, well, I really appreciate you coming on the show, guys. If you enjoyed this podcast, you wanna see Brian come back, make sure you give us a five-star review, make sure you share this video with a friend, and make sure you invest in Kansas City. And if you are a billionaire who wants to come and partner with me on an <laughs> NBA team, Make sure you share this with a billionaire yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just DM me on Twitter, and we'll yeah, whoever that is, whatever billionaire is watching this. You think yeah, you have any? Yeah. 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 I think we've got a few. I mean, there's got to be a few. I mean, billionaires not as different as it used to be. That's I've true. actually That's talked. True. To, I've talked to a couple billionaires before, and I think that like, you know, my goal with the social media, the podcast, was to build a fund out, and 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 awesome. I think that you pool enough money together, and maybe we can do it. Right, we've got 400,000 people that are uh, we're reaching through all the social platforms. That's why I got on this thing. Yeah, you know, that's and so awesome. Maybe, just maybe, by you know, I say if you don't put it out there, ain't nothing happening. Yeah, and you know what? I think to your point, like there's so much upside here compared to other cities that your your investment is going to have such a higher return just because we are nowhere close to our peak. You think about Nashville, Austin, and all those other cities that people think of now as the hot place. Where are you going to go from here in those places? He, Kansas City is just at the bottom, ground floor right now. Ground floor. And the funny thing is, you mentioned Nashville, but I was there 10 years ago as well, and it's blown out of the water now. Yeah. So if you're trying to make your mark, it, you're better off being a very small fish in a very small pond that's growing, yeah. and you can grow with that pond. So Agreed. Guys, uh, thank Brian for being on the show, and we'll check in the next one. Peace.